and welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Arthur Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hey there, Art. Andy! Hey, Art. Another week, we are here in the bunk. Another week. Another week. Another bunker. Another bunker. Bunking my whole life away. That's our new theme song. What do you guys think? <laughs> On the spot. Hope you like it. <laughs> uh, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is the podcast where two guys are abducted by the titular Mr. Bunker, brought to his secret doomsday bunker, and forced to podcast about various conspiracy theories, paranormal activity, and all things bizarre. E e um, we are two skeptics, two Chicago skeptics, and each week Mr. Bunker wants to convince us and you, the listener, of of strange conspiracy theory or weird situation. <laughs> he wants you to see things from his angle. That's right. Um, and today is no different, Andy, but mm, before we jump into it, I want to bring up something that you said to me a couple weeks ago that I think is really interesting. Oh. So... This is our, uh, this has got to be like our eighth episode, right? So, yeah. <laughs> the eighth week in the row that Mr. Bunker has abducted us. Every Sunday we get abducted and that's, we get brought to this bunker. That's basically two months. So two months in a row we have been abducted um, and we've been now publishing out this podcast. Um, Andy, before this all started, you were not a big podcast guy. Wow. That's true. I was not. You, you in fact, I don't think you ever listened to one. They weren't uh, your. They weren't your jam. Not my thing. Um, to be honest, with explain you, yourself. I I didn't have a lot of. Uh, it, it's it's one of those it's one of those media that I just never really ha- embraced before. You're still listening to your shortwave radio, right? Right. Your I AM sit radio. at home <laughs> in bed at night with my ham radio. And your ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it's when I say ham radio, I just mean I am eating ham in bed. Is that your name for your wife? I'm eating. <laughs> oh yeah, my god! I'm eating ham in bed. Amanda, I am so sorry. <laughs> Actually, your wife makes an amazing ham loaf. Shout it's, out to your wife. Yeah, great ham loaf, Amanda. Um, I fucking think about that ham loaf a lot. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> it's a very special treat when I get some of it. <laughs> we'll invite you over the next time. Okay. Um, but you were not a big podcast guy. And then as you know, you were obviously being abducted every week by Mr. Bunker. You grew to somewhat appreciate the medium a little bit more. Would you say, is that correct? I think that that's probably fair. It got me, got you thinking about it. It got me immersed in the world and got me thinking about what other podcasts were out there. I would still not call myself a heavy podcast listener. I am heavy. I am an occasional <laughs> podcast listener, but I wouldn't call myself a heavy podcast listener. Right. And, and I wouldn't either, but I do think it's interesting that now you, um, yeah, you, you, you listen to a few, obviously you don't listen to this show cause it's, it's for trash people. I don't, I don't need, to, I don't need to listen to it. I lived yeah, it. That's right. <laughs> You've got a memory like a steel trap, like the bunker. Uh, you got a memory like a bunker. Yeah. Um, but you do, you also like the Milk Street podcast. Oh, do I ever. Shout out to Chris Kimball. Yeah. And Milk Street Radio. Uh, I'm a big uh, J. Kenji Lopez Alt fan. Yeah, you are. Yeah, he's great. Got some great recipes. Love that Smashburger. Um, and Dragon Noodles. Those were good too. 
Um, so anyway, <laughs> listeners, um, each week, Mr. Bunker dupes us. And each week on this podcast, we have been telling the world about how he tricks us. Mm-hmm. But to no success, he gets us every week, no matter what. At this point, we've kind of, I wouldn't, I don't want to say we've given up, but we've maybe accepted our fate a little bit. If it stops happening, I will be pleasantly surprised. Right. If it doesn't, I'm also like, I, you know, it's not so bad. Right. I mean, there could be worse things. You know, obviously I don't, I don't like being, I, he doesn't have to go so elaborate with it every single time. Like he could just ask us to do it and we would maybe agree to it. Yeah. Like at this point. He doesn't have to take us to a bunker. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's kind of the ambiance. He could just like pick us up. Like he's already following us around. He yeah. Could just like make an arrangement with us. Yeah. We have enough of a relationship at this point. I mean, sometimes I even see, I think I see him places, but then it turns out it's not him. Mm-hmm. I'm very like, it is affecting my daily life a little bit. I see his face on potatoes a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of like those people who see like uh, Christ images in food. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. like if you look at a an uncooked uh, russet potato, it just right. A lot of them have a very titular bunker appearance. And you know he's kind of a he's a shadowy guy. Like he he mm-hmm. hides himself. He wears like a cap. He's got big thick glasses yeah big coke bottle glasses long stringy gray hair mm-hmm. tufts of gray hair and right. grizzly beard he's he's, he's a little a... bit he looks like the unabomber mixed with a farmer i would right. say the unifarmer <laughs> yeah monsanto's worst nightmare <laughs> the unifarmer <laughs> how do you think he'd feel about me comparing him to a vegetable with oh, dozens of eyes He'd probably give you a talking to. <laughs> Ooh, can't wait till he hears this one. Yeah. You might get a spanking. Ooh, yeah, that's... He doesn't spank you? No, that's <laughs> over the line for me. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> you were just letting him spank no, you? Maybe, I... <laughs> maybe I'll say something. Wait, why did you just accept anyway, that? Anyway, how did we uh, get abducted this week, Andy? Uh, but, uh, what do you want to... Uh... <laughs> I complained, okay? About what? The lack of spankings? And so (laughs) he helped you out by introducing spankings? No. I complained that there's not enough to do sometimes. So he spanked you. Yeah. That's something to do. He had a paddle. That's like that's like an oar. You know an oar? Yeah. Not like either oar, but an oar. O A R. Not the band. Not the band. I'm just spelling it. Yeah. Um But I am falling even more in love with you. Art, um, I feel like Mr. Bunker's like an old-fashioned parent here. Yeah, he's old school. He's like, oh, you're bored? I'll give you something to be bored about. Yeah, and then he took out a board and he spanked me with it. Yeah, right. The old board of education. I mean, he didn't turn me over his knee. Yeah, that's good. He just kind of hit me in the butt with it. I was like, Jesus Christ. Pants on? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, sometimes we get dropped off here without our pants. Well, that's happened before. Yeah. 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 That's not outside the realm of possibilities that I could be bare-bottom spanked. But it wouldn't. It's not specifically because you have a bare bottom. You ever moon anybody? No. Really? No. Not once? No. Wow. I think I've done it. I don't think I've done bare ass, but I think I've mooned people. I don't know in public either. You've never been bare assed in public? I've been embarrassed. (laughs) You ever been publicly nude? (laughs) No. Really? 
Uh, well, I mean, no. I don't think the pool counts. A locker room? Does that count? I don't no. think so. I were wouldn't call that publicly nude. Did you have to change in gym class in high school? Yeah. Were you a um, put a towel over your body kind of change guy, or did you just drop trout and get her done? Yeah, that's. I was just to get her done. Really? But I don't think we didn't have to get completely nude. Like you didn't do like a swim section in your gym class. No. Oh, and no, we did. No, we didn't have a pool. Yeah, we did. And um, I was a uh, I was a big baby about it. You I covered wanna, myself in a towel. You, did, you don't want to be naked? I just, I mean, I just like covered myself in a towel. Are you ashamed of your body? I mean, this was, I was 14 years old, Andy. Right. <laughs> I think every 14 year old is ashamed of But what of about body. now? No, I, now I would be fine. I just, I mean, like I used to go to a public gym and I would, I would, I, well, actually I don't think I ever changed into my underwear. Maybe I did occasionally. If I like, I think one time, one or two times I tried to do the, bring my gym bag with me to work and then go immediately after work to the gym, which is something I don't, I don't like doing. It's just too much. Um, so I would have to change out of my work clothes and I just, mm-hmm. yeah, you just, you know, drop down to your underwear. It's not a big deal. Um, but I mean, in this gym class, it was stripping nude. Wow. Fully nude. Um, right. So I did the towel method. Okay. And I'm not ashamed to say that. Did you take any flack from your classmates? No. You know, I think... I, Especially as a freshman in high school, um, I was so under the radar. You were, I didn't like get bullied, but I also didn't get, you weren't popular, but nobody, nobody noticed me. Yeah. Cause they didn't, I don't think they knew who I was. You were too medium. There wasn't, yeah, there wasn't anything about me that they would pick on. Like I wasn't like a big doofus or like a, you know, like a Shrek or Shrek looking kind of guy, you know, like they would pick on like kids who had (laughs) Shrekers as they're called. (laughs) They would, you know, they, they, for the football players would pick on Shrekies. Yeah. They'd pick on the Shrekies, the Trekkies and the Shrekies. Trekkies and Shrekies. Don't get those wires crossed. Oh God. Those communities hate each other. Yeah. There's a lot of animosity there. <laughs> um, they would pick on the, the people with noticeable things about them that they knew were weak prey. They could sense it. Right. And they would mostly just putz around with each other and fucking slap each other's asses. And I was just kind of, you know, me and all the other, like, kids were like, God, can we just get this over with? <laughs> yeah. Can I just survive today? <laughs> um, would just kind of change quietly and then go swimming. Wait, what was, so what was your method? You, like, you wrap the towel around your waist. Yeah, and then and you- And then you take your underwear off you, underneath the yes, towel and, and put the underwear on underneath the towel. Well, your swim trunks. And then oh. reversed for swim trunks. Okay. So you would take your swim trunks off, put your undies on. Yeah. And then once you get the undies on, what do you care? What do you do with your wet swimsuit? They had this weird machine that you would put your swim trunks in. That cylinder? Yes. And it would squeeze all the water out instantly. Just... And then well, it would... doesn't squeeze it. It just spins it out. Oh. It just spins. Okay. Well, yeah. That's what we had. <laughs> and it never, ever dried it completely. So... No. What fucking sucked was I had gym like first period like first thing in the morning yeah. so I'd be walking around all day with a fucking wet swimsuit <laughs> or I would shove it in my locker I guess after a couple classes and then it's like ugh it gets it pretty dry though it, it does a but pretty good job but it's not completely right you need some you should have had a wet bag I probably did bring a wet bag I mean I probably bought some kind of plastic bag probably did I don't remember, Andy. It was like a million years ago. You remember the towel method, but you don't remember what you did. Yeah, I mean, there's certain things etched into my mind. 
stressful things. Okay. Well, coming up uh, on another episode of Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy <laughs> Time podcast, what did Art do with his swimsuit in hey, high school? Hey, listeners, how did you change in high school? Were you towel, no towel? Yeah. Let us know. Hashtag towel or no towel. Hashtag you're a towel. Uh, and tweeted us at Mr. Bunker Pod. Let us know about your weird high school gym changing stories. It was hard, Andy. <laughs> yeah, what a Change good in high what a good thing for us to do solicit people to tell us stories about them <laughs> <laughs> being naked in high school. It's all in good fun. Uh, speaking of good fun, Andy, Go we are here once again here in the are. bunker. Let's give the listeners a little background into how Bunker got us this week. How did he get us this week? Be my guest. Okay. Uh <clears throat> Okay, we've been we've been through we've been through a lot of uh iterations of uh Bunker Capture. Right. Um so this one is one of the more interesting ones. Okay. Um so Chicago is famous for the Lincoln Park Zoo, which is a zoo in the heart of the city. Yes. And uh the zoo is a good place to go. Uh, and spend an afternoon with your family, which I chose uh, to, tr- well, or spend a day, which is what I tried to do Yeah, today. And, um, you know, there's um, there's an exhibit on, uh, on rodents. And um, are you familiar with the capybara? Yeah, it's uh, the largest of all land rodents. Right, from the, like, Amazon area. Yeah. Yes. Not the largest rodent in the water, <laughs> though. Although the capybara is very aquatic. <laughs> I'm just imagining this sea-dwelling rodent. <laughs> the sea rat. <laughs> um, anywho, um, a... Uh, we were going into the to the rodent uh, exhibits, and um, a capybara spraying its holding. Wow! And starts running around in the zoo, and uh, I was distracted watching it while my family walked off. <laughs> you know they they moved on to the next thing. Yeah, because they you know the zoo personnel were all around there, and uh, sure enough, oh no. Sure enough. Oh, no. One of the trash cans right behind me at the <laughs> zoo was Bunker. That capybara gets close to me, and I take one step backwards, and the next thing I know, the trash can pops up. And just, boop, I go right in through the through the lid. Wow. Into the trash can. He just, he dressed up like a trash can. Now, did he, did he plan that? Did he know that he let the capybara loose? I think loose? he let the capybara loose. He's not admitting it. He's not denying it. That's a conspiracy theory. Mm, coming up on a future episode of Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast, <laughs> who let the capybara out of its enclosure? <laughs> wow. So you're just stuck in a little trash trash bag the whole way. Just Yeah. Didn't even poke a hole in it. I got Jeez. super lightheaded. <laughs> wow. And he went for real realism too. There was trash in there. Oh, hopefully there wasn't one of those um, those uh, you put a penny in the machine, you get those hot plastic molds at the zoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get those hot plastic molds, <laughs> sexy plastic molds. 
you beat off to those plastic molds. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. You don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm familiar with that machine where you put in a penny and it like distorts it. You don't know what I'm talking it about. Flattens it. Have you ever been to Brookfield Zoo? Mm-mm. Damn, dude. They got this machine where you put in like it's probably more than a penny, but at this at this point, and it spits out a hot plastic mold. Of of what? Of various animals. So if you're at the let's say you're at the polar bear con- enclosure. You put in the money, and then it like you can see the hot plastic like moving through the machine. Oh, so it's not the mold; it's the molds inside the machine. Yeah, you get a you get a statue. A, 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 a recently not molten plastic. Okay, I should have I should specify. You get a plastic statue. Yeah, of a polar bear. Okay, or whatever. I've never seen this machine. Oh wow. Okay, never mind. You're <clears> missing <throat> out. Um, step up your game, fucking Ohio zoos. Um. We had those machines where you could. I've had the distorted penny machine. Yeah, that's a neat machine. Mm. It's kind of a waste of a penny if you're a fucking dweeb. Yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> collect pennies. It's like oh, I put my penny in this machine. All it did was make it not usable for anything. <laughs> it's like I might as well take this one dollar bill and put it into this paper shredder. <laughs> it's the same principle. <laughs> You ever um, put pennies on the railroad tracks? Mm-mm. You never did that. Not for me. Too too much. Uh, too risky. Why? I don't want to be near that fast moving train. You just put the pennies down. You come back later. Mm, not for me. We used to do that. I never actually. I learned to have a proper reverent fear of uh, <laughs> railroad tracks. <laughs> uh, I never did it myself, but I had a friend who would do it for me. He was like a fence. He's like, hey, you want flattened pennies? I know a guy. <laughs> Get you some flattened pennies. Get you some flattened pennies. So we would give him pennies, and then the next, you know, a couple of days later, he'd come back. <laughs> the fucking flattened pennies. Coming up on a future episode <laughs> of Mr. Bucker's Conspiracy Time Podcast, what was that guy doing with those pennies? <laughs> was it actually the railroad? <laughs> I don't know. It could have been. It's true. I thought it was cool as hell. Why were you uh, disparaging to me for not going up and doing it? You didn't do it either. I didn't have access to it. You, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you did. You grew up in fucking the middle of nowhere. You just that uh, you like contracted this out. Yeah, I'm a business guy. <laughs> you made so much money on those. You dumb as hell. <laughs> all I had were all these pennies. Meanwhile, you were getting rich. You're flat. Pennies. I could double the price of your dumbass penny by selling a cool flattened penny. Cool. I'll. Look, you like those you like you like pennies, huh? I got this flat penny, I'll give it to you for two pennies. <laughs> exactly. Um well Andy, I'm here too. Yeah, what happened to you? Um mine was not as elaborate as yours, but um I I I have I've taken a lot of rideshare services, whether you're an Uber or a Lyft, I've taken quite a few. And I ordered one on Sunday to go run some errands. Um, an Uber or a Lyft? An Uber. And um, the car pulls up mm-hmm. just as normal. You know, and it didn't say anything. It just said, like, you know, my driver's name, their license plate, the car color, et cetera. I had a picture of a guy. His name was Gregory. He seemed like a really nice, normal dude. You know, when it comes to Uber, I'm always looking for an Uber driver who will not talk to me. That's established, yeah. Um, this guy looked like he was normal. Maybe he would like to converse. Maybe not. Whatever. 
So I go out to the car. I open the door. I always swing around to the right side of the car. So I'm on the passenger seat side. Because why would I sit right behind the driver? That's a little weird. And also they tend to move the passenger seat up so that whoever is sitting on the right side has more room. I just get in. Oh, you just get in? I, whatever side I'm on, I just get in. Uh, if I want to slide, I'll slide. Oh, I might slide over like if the right side is injured. But I don't traffic. slide uh, most of the time. Oh, you just, If I get in you sit behind and him. I'm behind him, I'll just be right behind him. <laughs> I feel I like that's care. weird. I don't care. Okay. It's not weird for me. To so. each his own. Um, uh, and I get in the car, and without really looking up, you know, he, this voice just kind of says, like, hey, are you Arthur? I go, yep, that's me. And he's like, your destination is the bunker? And I was like, fuck. Oh, no. Car doors lock. Oh, no. Andy, there's no driver in this car. The car is Mr. Bunker. He was a car. I don't know how. Was so wait, the guy was part of the costume? I there was the no driver? guy, there was no driver. Oh, you got into a driverless car. Yeah. Yeah. That's we think each been, he might have been hiding in one of the seats. We've each been captured by a driverless car now. That's true. That's true. You got captured by a driverless car. Mm-hmm. By a Domino's Pizza delivery That's right. driverless it car. It must be the same car. Yeah, well same costume. Right, he must repurpose it. So there you go. There's that adds to the titular bunker's lore a little bit. Is that he recycles some of these ideas? Hmm. I'm a little disappointed in him, to be honest with you. Really? Uh, I expect a little more creativity out of him. Well, I mean, he had to go and get you from the zoo, so well, maybe he just didn't have enough time. You know, if he didn't abduct me every week, he wouldn't have to go so far flung. Again, just make some arrangements with me. <sighs> well, I'll stay at home. He really doesn't want to budge on that. You can impersonate my washing machine or something. <laughs> and I fall into your big open mouth. <laughs> oh, don't give him any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he'll adopt that one in the future. <laughs> Maybe. Stay tuned, listeners. Speaking of adoption. Oh. Uh, Andy, Go. today's topic that okay. we are to discuss yes. involves children. Children. And children are one of the many things in life you can adopt. That's that's very true. You can adopt a pet. You, you can adopt a child. You can adopt a highway. And you can adopt a highway. Those are the three. That's it. That's the only things you can adopt. That's it. Oh, you can adopt a star, I guess, too. Is that adoption or is that more of naming it after yourself? I think that's just egoism. Oh, um, You can adopt a new plan of action. Okay. You can adopt a religious philosophy. Well, now you're just using the verb. Mm, okay. You're using it as a verb rather than a verb. <laughs> a verb. The idea of taking the, something now belongs to you. Yes. I Now the highway belongs to me. <laughs> this Isn't child, that how it goes? This child belongs to me. That's not how it goes? You don't get the highway. It's actually, they just kind of like put your name on it and then you're like- required. You're responsible for cleaning it up. Yeah. You're just required for cleaning it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot like adopting a child. <laughs> you put your name on it and now you're responsible for cleaning it. <laughs> um, Andy, today we are tasked with discussing the phenomenon known as black-eyed children. Or- Black-eyed kids. Or- Beaks. B-E-Gays. I like saying Becks. Yeah, great musician. Because um, we've got one turntable and two microphones. 
that's right. Uh, I'm a loser, baby. Anyway, um, Andy, did you know anything about Black Eyed Kids before we started diving into this subject? I barely knew anything about the Black Eyed Peas before we started diving into the subject. <laughs> I've heard of Black Eyed Kids. Wait, I fucked that up. <laughs> I've heard of Black Eyed Peas, but Black Eyed Kids? Yikes! <laughs> no, I didn't know anything about this before this dropped from the sky with uh, old Mr. B. That's right. Um, yeah, I had, I was, I was, uh, shall we say, blissfully unaware. That's right. Um, I think I'd heard the term, but I didn't, I didn't know all the details. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's kind of in the name, black, <laughs> excuse me, black eyed kids. <laughs> Sorry, I burped. Um, uh, it, they're about children, children with black eyes. pitch black eyes. And we'll get into whether they are agents of good or agents of evil. And we'll get into some of the stories surrounding these black-eyed kids, these Becks. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. Not as much conspiracy, a little bit just more strange paranormal phenomena. This is like a paranormal phenomenon. I yes, mean, but bunker bunker wants us. I mean, he's, he's convinced. I mean, he's he's said convinced. that he has been visited by multiple Becks. Right. Um, and they. Frequently, you know, he he says that they're instead of trying to come in, they're always trying to get items out of his backyard. Right. Which I kind of interpret as he's kind of one of these old guys who, you know, the neighborhood kids frisbee goes in their yard. Right. He's not going to give it back. No, no, they they've got no shot. But he's convinced he's not going to let anybody on yeah. his property like <laughs> yeah. that for sure. Yeah. So he uh he uh yeah he he says he's been visited by multiple backs, but whether that's to be confirmed. <laughs> I think he's been drinking multiple decks, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. Um well Andy, let's let's not let's, let's not waste any more time. Let's get let's go and today's enchilada is filled with black eyed peas. That's right. This is Black Eyed Kids. Bart, let's set the scene for the listeners, shall we? You're home alone. It's getting pretty late. You're watching some TV to unwind before bed. The lights are low, and everything is quiet. Your faithful dog or cat cuddles with you on the couch. (sighs) Suddenly, you hear a knock at the door. Hmm, that's odd, you think to yourself. You decide to ignore the knock. Maybe it's just the wind. Then, you hear another knock. You notice your pet has left the room, and not anywhere near the door. Something about this knock fills you with unease. In spite of your hesitation, you creep quietly to the door. The fear rises inside you. You dread looking through the peephole for some reason, but you look anyway. At your door are two children. They're dressed in outdated clothes and looking down at the ground. 
One of them speaks. Can we come in? A rush of terror floods your body. Who are these kids, and what do they want? Do you dare to open the door? You muster all your courage and open the door slightly. The child speaks again. Can we come in? You ask the children where their parents are. We're lost. Can we come in and use your bathroom? The child asks. As you ready your body to close the door, the children look up at you. You are now racked with primal terror. There, staring back at you, are four deep black orbs. These children don't have eyes. They have pools of darkness where their eyes should be. You shut the door as quickly as you can. You lock the door. You retreat into the interior of your home for the remainder of the sleepless night. You hear a few more knocks, and then... Nothing. You'll never know just who these kids were, or what exactly they wanted with you. The only thing you know for certain is that you're glad you didn't let them in. What we just described for you, listeners, is a typical encounter with black-eyed children, or black-eyed kids, or Becks. Most Beck stories follow a similar pattern to the story that we just told. Some children show up at your door or at your car, and they ask to be let in. The children have completely black eyes. We're talking no whites in the eyes or anywhere here. And the person seeing them is pretty terrified of the experience. Beck stories have been on the internet for a while, but what's the origin? Wow. Great question, Art. <laughs> I'm super glad that you asked. The, the modern Beck phenomenon seems to start in the heart of the 90s. 1996. Yes, 96, Art, the summer of love. <laughs> I was blossoming into a preteen, and cultural touchstone Everybody Loves Raymond debuted on TVs across America. It was a heady time to be alive. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Abilene, Texas, journalist Brian Bethel was busy being visited by Bex. For you nostalgia fans out there, Bethel's story um, begins one night while driving to his internet provider's office to pay his bill. This was, after all, 1996. He parked his car near a movie theater so he could use the lights from the marquee to write a check. While filling out the check, he heard a knock on the window. He looked up to see two boys standing at his window. He noticed that both of the boys had completely black eyes. Bethel uh, reports feeling immediate terror. The boys asked for a ride to their mom's house to get money to see a movie. Bethel started to drive away, and one of the boys shouted back at him that they could only come in if Bethel let them in. But as he drove away, Bethel glanced back at the boys, but they had completely vanished. So Bethel's encounter is seen by a lot of folks as the template, if you will, for most Beck stories. Bethel himself acknowledges that some people have used this story to make up their own Beck encounter. And when I say make up, I mean fabricate. Right. But he definitely experienced something unnerving that night in 1996. He also believes that other people continue to have run-ins with Becks. David Weatherly, author of the book on black-eyed children called Black-Eyed Children, <laughs> does find evidence, though, of Becks that predate Bethel's story. One such account comes from 1974 in France. Two men are driving through a small village when they drove by a house where five small figures were present. 
The men thought the scene was unusual, and so they stopped the car to take a closer look. They saw three beings huddled together, one tracing the outside of the house with its hands, and one looking right at the men. The men reported that all the figures were short, dressed alike, and had long hair to their waists, and all had completely black eyes. The beings watched the men, gestured for them to come closer. The men got scared and drove away. When they came back later, the beings were gone without a trace. Okay, so there are weird stories about kids with black eyes from a variety of times. Uh, If these creatures are persistent, what do they want? Well, nobody is really quite sure. There's a lot of speculation on this topic. Maybe they want to hurt us. Maybe they want to eat our flesh. Maybe they just need a fourth to join a bowling league. I don't know. Brian Bethel, though, believes that the Becks are after the human soul. He doesn't know what they want to do with it, but he thinks they desire it for some purpose. But let me ask you this, Art. How would the Becks go about acquiring such a thing as your soul? Well, the technical aspects of soul stealing aren't well defined, Andy. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) The general rule with Becks seems uh, to be that they can't do anything to you unless you let them in. Once you let the Becks inside your home or your car, you're at their mercy. So it's said. There are some stories, though, of Becks exhibiting more aggressive behavior. Like one case is that of a man who saw two Becks asking to use the phone at a house across the street from his house. He watched the Becks as he began walking to the corner store. The Becks followed him and waited outside the store. The clerk at the store had apparently seen some shit and refused to let them in. Then, when the man and the clerk tried to leave the store through the back entrance, the Becks were there waiting for them. The two men got into a scuffle with the Becks, narrowly escaping. The clerk ran away to parts unknown, and the man fled back to his house, where the Becks lingered outside for a while. The next day, the man went back to the store to thank the clerk, only to find that the clerk quit his job and was moving out of town. While most people report feeling extreme terror when Becks show up, that's not always true. And if you're not afraid of the Becks, are you more likely to let them in? Consider one instance where a man let a Beck into his home and lived to tell the tale. User I smack a you face posted on Reddit that after a business meeting in his home, he immediately got a knock on the door. He did not report feeling afraid and so immediately opened the door. A young boy was standing on his porch while an older boy tossed a football in the yard. The boy asked to come in and Smacka agreed. The kid came in and asked to see OP's cats. No word on how this kid knew Smacka had cats. The kid looked around the house and in the backyard. Smacka noticed that the boy had completely black eyes. The kid in the yard did not have black eyes. The Beck asked to see one of Smacka's kids' toys, which was allowed. Then the boys left. Turns out the football-tossing kid lives up the street from Smacka. The Beck, meanwhile, has yet to be seen again. One thing to consider also is that Becks may appear threatening, but actually aren't. Some people believe that Becks are attracted to certain people only. There is some speculation online about how to attract a Beck, if you really want to meet one, but some people believe that Becks are sent to people to help return them to faith. 
Some have posited that most Beck stories involve someone who has turned away from their faith and then after their encounter with the Beck, they return to the flock, so to speak. So basically, Beck hypotheses run the gamut from soul-destroying to soul-saving, from aggressive attacks and stalking to polite requests for admission. While we don't know much, truly, about what the Becks are or what they want with humanity, I know one thing. If I get a knock on the door late at night, I'm just going to ignore it. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, listeners, this is Art and Andy. Hey, listeners. Um, just wanted to let you guys know that we want to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. So if you feel so inclined, feel free to email us at mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Send us your, your feedback. Send us comments. Send us questions. Send us stories about... Send us conspiracy theories that you want us to um, talk about on the show. Right, Andy? Yeah, right. Um, if you don't like email, hit us up on Twitter at Mr. Bunker Pod. That's right. Tweet at us. Tweet us your live reactions to the podcast as you That's, listen to it. Yeah. Tweet us your personal feelings about anything. Really? Uh, or anything that's covered in the podcast. Uh, that's true. Tweet at us uh, photos of your last vacation. Tweet at us <laughs> whatever you feel like. We'd love to interact with you. We love interaction. And speaking of which, if you're in, you've been enjoying the show, uh, we truly appreciate it. Thank and you Mr. for listening. Bunker truly appreciates it. If you feel so inclined, and I know a lot of podcasts say this, but it truly does help us out, leave us a review. Give us a rating. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Even if you hate it. Even if you hate it. I mean, preferably you'll like it, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, fair is fair. If fair you is, hate it, you hate it. And right. I'm not going to judge your reaction to that. <laughs> but especially, I mean, if you forget to rate it and you hate it, that's okay. You don't have to rate it if you hate it. But if you love it, rate it. Rate we would, it. That would be great. <laughs> it would be great. It truly helps us out. And you know what? Let's not take up any more of your time. Let's get back in all that hard-hitting action on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Thanks, listeners. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. We are back. That was our research. That was our storytelling of, <laughs> of uh, black-eyed kids, Becks, B-E-Ks, as I like to call them. Right. Um, Andy, uh, let's give a general overview here of the... Of what we got going on. You know, Art, I think that storytelling is probably a right term to use in this case. Because I think that the Beck phenomenon, even as it exists in throughout history, is mainly one of 
collected stories, I guess is how I'll say it. It's it's yeah. more it's more about anecdote yeah. than it is about any there's no real physical evidence or yeah. or anything that could be you know, nothing that could be you could put nothing tangible. Even most alien conspiracies have some kind of weird photograph or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> some element of uh some element of of physical evidence. You know, um, there is one uh, that David Weatherly points out. There's there's an old statue. Excuse me. Sorry, listeners. Mm-hmm. There's an old statue um, that was uh, crafted with uh, two eyes that are made completely of obsidian. Ooh. So it's like two black eyes. And, uh, I mean, he sees that as kind of being like evidence that these are being, you know, people who look at the statue, they apparently report feeling some unease uh, at seeing the statue. And so Weatherly kind of suggests that, hey, this probably means that these creatures have been visiting humans for a long time. Huh. And, you know, the fact that people feel uneasy at the statue explains why people feel is transmitted. You know, that feeling is the same feeling people have when faced with an encounter in the real world with one of these Becks. It's spooky, but yeah, the way that their logic seems to work is that you just say no. Yeah, you... Uh, no. Yeah, if you say no, you not come in my house. <laughs> you stay outside. You are an outside Beck. <laughs> then go away. they can't do anything. I like how they're wearing outdated clothing, too. Yeah, I don't it's know. Kind that's kind of a weird. It's a weird part of the thing that it's that they, but that seems to be honestly something that's sort of common in the stories. Like even that one from the seventies in France, which mm. is which is a little bit different than what we tend to see today globally. Um, but the kids were, or those beings were wearing like odd garments that went almost to the ground. Have you ever seen The Grudge? No. You ever seen that movie? Mm-hmm. I didn't either. I don't like scary movies. This is a spooky. This is a spooky. I don't like this story. <laughs> you don't like to be scared. I don't. I don't. I'll tell you one thing. You, on the other hand, you love to fucking scare. You relish this shit. What? Being scared? Oh, scaring people. You relish it. Oh, I like to scare people. I don't like being scared, though. Yeah. But I don't get scared very often. No. I get scared by, like, real things. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like... Paying, I'm g- paying debts. Yeah. <laughs> That's horrifying. Well, no, paying debts is fun. Um, Having to pay the debt. I don't know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. You, I mean, obligations are horrifying. Yes. Um, I'll tell you one thing. Here's what really scares me is a home invasion. Yes. We've discussed this before. That's probably my biggest fear. Your biggest fear is home invasion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your biggest fear? Home invasion is a big one. Yeah. I mean, obviously I live in a home. <laughs> I live in a home for Which a is a nice benefit for me that I don't live in a home. <laughs> you live in a dumpster. Yeah. I float above the city <laughs> on a cloud. You're like a Kirby. Yeah. You're the modern day Kirby man, aren't you? Yeah. You're you're a you're a Kirby Kirby looking human. I'm a big fat pink guy that sucks. <laughs> I'm a Kirby. Hey, Kirby's got cool powers. Hey, Kirby your enthusiasm. <laughs> Um, no, I live in a nursing home. Um, <laughs> no, I, yeah. So home invasion is a scary, <laughs> I was talking about it with some, it's just, I was talking about it with some friends actually. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he was telling me. Wait, you have friends that aren't me? Yes. Um, they all live on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> None of them are real. Okay. Um, bots. Checks out. Yep. Yes. Yep. They're bots, ones and zeros. <laughs> I communicate with uh, Cleverbot. I'm on AIM. <laughs> Still talking to Cleverbot, my yeah. best friend. Great, great conversations. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun. Um, no, he was telling me about some home invasion things that happened to him where, but this was a lot of someone they knew. So mm-hmm. it was like someone he knew or like his roommate's brother who had um, drug addiction issues. Right. Breaks into the house, steals all the stuff, pawns it, et cetera. Yeah. Um, we, know, we have a mutual friend who experienced uh, a home <laughs> invasion that we, we, we arrived on we the arrived scene on immediately the scene. after. Immediately after. That's right. Yeah. I could, our friend can attest to this. Our friend Skylar can attest to this, that there could not be two worse people to have arrive at the scene of, of what is one of the worst days you can have than us. <laughs> uh, yeah. In, in this situation, just to set the scene for the listeners, he was in his, he, he shared an apartment with two other people. That's right. And he was in his room. He had the door closed. And he was... And the lights were off in the whole apartment. Right. And he he was um, uh, FaceTiming and some... Masturbating. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm trying to be polite. Uh, but there's no reason to protect his reputation. Um, so he's masturbating and the somebody breaks into the back door right. and then goes into one of his other roommate's rooms. Neither of the other roommates were home at the time. Yeah. And like makes off with a bunch of stuff and... He comes out to find that the back door's been pried open and and all this stuff, and he heard it, but he didn't he didn't know what it was, and he just figured it might have been one of his roommates coming home right. early, and they were putzing around in the kitchen or something, you know. And he was in a state where he he didn't want to get up and find out what it was because right. I mean he didn't want to take the chance of coming on somebody. Yeah, he had to. <laughs> so, <laughs> although that would have been great defense. That's against yeah, the, home the Spider-Man defense. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Then he can't go anywhere. He's stuck to the wall. <laughs> Jeez. Now, let's also set the scene a little bit here. The locks on the back of his door were, they were like easy locks to break. He didn't have like a new deadbolt. Right. Mm-hmm. These were old school. If I remember correctly, it's a, what was it? There was a chain. It was like a chain latch. Yeah. It was not a very strong back door. And I think that they broke the door off the hinges, so yeah. it wasn't probably wasn't that securely and fastened anyway. This was in an area that there had been known break-ins. There was a string of break-ins. They were casing the different places. His place had been broken into before. Yeah. He lived on the ground floor. The first floor, that's right. Um so I think, you know, just to kind of set the listener scene here a little bit, but, um, so imagine that happens to you. And then the two of us show up. <laughs> God, it's probably, we, it went from assume- being a bad day to being the worst day of your life. That's right. We immediately assume the roles of goofy detectives, right? <laughs> we looked for clues. We were looking for clues. Found a lot of DNA evidence. <laughs> oh yeah. We took out a black light and we just, <laughs> we're like, Oh, there's stains everywhere. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so I th- yeah, I think it is. I think it is a very um, natural fear. Yeah, to have it can happen. It, it is scary. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I have methods that I use to protect myself from it. You know, 
You can get an alarm system. You can get camera systems. You learned the art of airbending. I, I, I'm an avatar. I'm able to bend all the elements to my will. Unfortunately, I have to get this fucking arrow tattooed on my head. Jeez. Yeah, Honda does not like you. You bend all the elements to your will. That's why they discontinued it. That's right. And I kept calling it a fucking Pop-Tart box. They did not like that. Why are you making Pop-Tart boxes into cars? Crush it. Um, I don't like this story, though. This is spooky. Yeah. I don't like it. And then, you know me, I can't, I could never live out in the country. Sure. It just spooks me. Um, You grew up in the country. You grew up in rural Ohio. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I don't know why people think that rural areas are so much more scary than the city. When I was good when I was growing up, we didn't even lock our doors during the day. That's so fucking crazy. Like my parents would go to work and I would go to school. My sister would go to school. The house would be unlocked all day. And nothing ever happened. Yeah, that's a problem. Why? I think creepy weird stuff happens out in the country a lot. Mm, go ahead. Like creepy killers and serial killers and fucking rural hobos. <laughs> Yeah, I think that they're, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it happens, but don't you does, feel unsafe? Does it happen at a higher rate? Knowing though? that your closest neighbors are like five miles away. Oh, they weren't that far away. There was people right across the street from us. You told me you lived on like a huge, like your closest neighbors were far away. No, they lived right, uh, right across the street. We didn't, and we had people nearby. I mean, it's not like so close that if. I mean, you could maybe keep an eye on things, but it's hard to tell sometimes whether anything's happening or not. I mean, I guess you're right. Um, the city has a lot more crime than the countryside, and it's more densely populated. So, you know, I, I when I lived in an apartment, um, yeah, I remember like you just sometimes I had like drunk people just wander into your building. People will wander into your building. They'll just buzz the thing and pretend to be UPS or whatever. And you don't know, like if you're on the third floor, you can't see who's trying to get in. Yeah. You just fucking buzz it and you open and you let them in. You don't know. Yeah. I once had, I remember like this weird drunk guy. Yeah. Just banging on my door or like he wasn't banging on the door. He was like trying to put a key into the door to enter. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is that noise? And I walk over and I look out the peephole I see this guy trying to get in, and I'm like, oh, fuck. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. I ate the bones. I ate the bones. Uh, and you think that your response would be something cool or like you do yeah. something. And I was just like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> That's the response. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, oh sorry. Wrong place. And then just left. Um, I was you, like, what the fuck? There was recently um, like a whole wave of um, break-ins in the South Loop. Oh, really? Like somebody left the door ajar at the building and the guy got in and he just like started going into different floors and checking for unlocked doors. And then when the doors were unlocked, he w w just went in. Jeez. That's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard a comedian once, I think it was Ron Irvin, say that... Crimes in the city are crimes of necessity and crimes in the suburbs or in, or in the country are 
um, like just real messed up stuff. Yeah. That's like, there'll be muggings and stuff in the city, but it's like serial killers are in the suburbs. That's right. That's true. Country. That's true. He's got, he's got you there. But I, I mean, there were no serial killers near me. Yeah. I guess you you were the serial killer. I guess there was one. (laughs) You. (laughs) Oh no. Andy's making eyes at me. (laughs) But Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, that's not like, oh, every, you know, it's not like every week we're gripped by terror because there's another serial killer on the loose. Like, oh, they got the last guy and now there's a new one. <laughs> a new guy to fill his place. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Spooky... Revolving door of serial killers. <laughs> Hi, uh, folks. I'm just knocking on your door here. I, uh, I'm the new serial killer in town. I just moved in across the street. Just moved like... in. I'm going to be, you know, you're going to hear some stuff. As you could not call the police, <laughs> I would appreciate it. It honestly, I have a lot going on, and that would just really help me out. <laughs> but spooky stories like this kind of play tricks on my mind and play tricks on my head. I, I this is a useful you know, vein of discussion, I think. Yeah, because um, okay, I know. All right, our, our, what I want to say is that I know that um, Mr. Bunker believes in the Becks. He thinks he's been visited. Oh, yeah. He wants us to get to the bottom of what their purpose is. Right. I kind of want to say to you, is it even real? I mean. Do Bex exist? Uh, Does the Yeti exist? Does the aliens exist? Do Mothman exist? Does the Chicago kangaroo exist? Do the Chupacabra exist? You know, uh, yeah, you know, I, does the fucking, does the fucking G-spot exist? You know what I'm saying? Come on. Where is the clitoris? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, right. I think it's, I don't think that it's exactly the same, but it's the same principle, right? This is, there's limited evidence outside of anecdotes. Yeah. I don't know. I I think you know when we when we get to our reviews, don't be shocked when I when I give uh, something on the lower end of my scale. Okay, just well, say. okay. Uh, I don't want to spoil. I'll it for put the it that way. Okay. Um, um I want this stuff scares me. I'm a superstitious person. It, mm, that's right. You are. It creeps me out, but I don't necessarily think that it's real. And um. Uh, if there is something weird and supernatural happening, I like to think that I'm protected. Based on what? Um, I, based on that there are probably angels that protect me. Oh, okay. You know, I think that I'm named after my grandfather, mm-hmm. who is dead. Mm-hmm. He died falling out of a tree, mind you, which, let's be honest, kind of a cool way to die. One of my neighbors in the country... uh died because a tree crushed him that's i mean it's sad but sure is different i mean you know yep you really go for that unique death. timber oh wow that that's what, what he was doing he was out cutting he was like you we, have to be so fucking careful cutting trees they were cutting trees down and uh it's like rule 101 of a tree yeah the tree went the wrong way and crushed him you gotta they teach you that in boy scouts how to use a hatchet correctly to mm-hmm. chop a tree but my grandfather was up in a tree cutting branches and then he mm. fell out. At least mm. that's what they tell me. 
more on that later. <laughs> on a future uh, episode of Mr. But Mr. I was very young and I'm named after him. Right. And so I have this, I feel like I have this weird spiritual connection to him mm-hmm. and that his aura protects me hmm. at all times from both the supernatural and the physical. Hmm. Because I've had many a close encounter, especially while driving. Listeners, I haven't driven a car in six years. <laughs> but I've had a couple close calls, especially in high school, where it was like time slowed down. And I was like, oh, wow, cool. We're about to, we might almost crash. And something happens that we don't. We just, everything falls into place. Now, obviously, you would say that this is, listeners, Andy is fucking kissing the microphone. It's like it's like making weird, weird things with the microphone. Bunker is not gonna be happy, Andy. Quit kissing the microphones. I'll kiss the microphone if I want. He keeps finding your lips all over the place. I wear so much lipstick. <laughs> but I, I I don't know. I feel like a weird spiritual connection to that, and so I feel like um the Bex can't touch me. Well, uh, yeah, I I'm <laughs> gonna tread lightly here. Why? Okay, well, first of all, you're dumb. No, no, no. Uh, no, the, uh, I, yeah, it's the same thing, though. You've had some experiences that give you a feeling of something. I've never been approached by any supernatural entity, though. Right, but you have this feeling that you have some spiritual connection with your grandfather that's helping protect you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more of a comfort thing. Yeah. Like, you just kind of know. Like, you know how you say someone up there is watching over you? Yeah, I think that we tell ourselves a lot of things um, to help either justify things that happen to us that we don't understand or to help comfort us in times when there's difficult situations. Right. Rather than accepting that, you know, life is just chaos and a bunch of just random things happen all at once. Anytime. Sure. And simulated. Right. This is all planned out for you. Right. Um, Yeah. No, I mean, that's, you're, you're right. So I guess, you know, where I'm going with this in relation to the black eyed kids is, you know, people are obviously having experiences, but they're letting their own fear dictate the outcome. Right. Because there's, they're not, they didn't investigate it. Right. You know, obviously there are some of these accounts and I mean, who knows the veracity of any account you read. Yeah. Online. Or the Velociraptor. Right. There's, yeah. I don't know a Velociraptor. If you know a Velociraptor, let us know. Yeah. Um, tweet at us. Um, but like, here's the thing. They had some, you know, I won't question anybody's experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say like, oh, if you if you believe you had an experience, then you had some kind of experience. But I might question the 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 actual outcome of that experience, or question the source of the experience. Okay, you know what I mean? Sure. So a lot of these, I just kind of wonder if it's not maybe it's like a uh, a sleep paralysis thing. Right. You've, of course, heard about sleep paralysis. It's and spooky. It's spooky. And if the- you if you attempt to teach yourself the lucid dream, what a lot of people frequently experience are both auditory hallucinations right. of strange and eerie sounds, but a lot of people also witness a black-eyed, raven-looking old woman. 
right. or older creature that stands at the foot of your bed and beckons you or is just kind of standing there. And this is part of the experience in learning how to lucid dream is to control your fear and control your emotions and get past it and understand that it's not real. Right. So that you can understand that you're in a dream. Yeah. And and I know people who have experienced that because they've attempted to lucid dream. And you know from like being aware of this that in Japan, for example, an old crone at the foot of your bed is is way more common than it is in the United States. A lot of people right. in the United States experience sleep paralysis as an alien abduction. Right. And, you know, science kind of posits that there's a cultural connection to what you experience when you're experiencing sleep paralysis. Yeah. Aliens are a part of our general zeitgeist and our, right. our, our background. Right. And Roswell is a main thing for us. So, so as Americans, you know, I'm, I guess what I'm thinking is maybe people have kids come into their door late at night and it's a legitimate thing. Right. And they just, they heap this fear on it. Or who knows, yeah. you know, with contacts today, it could just be people goofing. People like to goof. At this point, it could be just straight goofing. Straight goofing. I mean, like, let's be honest, like our brains play tricks on our eyes all the time. Yeah. It's late at night. You probably, you, know, you ever like fall asleep on the couch and then you wake up and it either it feels like you haven't been asleep that long, but you have, mm -hmm. or it's real late at night and you're like, oh mm -hmm. my God, I felt like, and you're like in this kind of daze. Mm -hmm. Maybe that happens. We don't know yeah. anything. I need all the extra. Okay. I need all the extra information about these people. Is there anything in your past trauma involving children? Right. Is there anything in your past about other traumas, other illnesses, mm -hmm. things that would cloud your judgment reasonably? What was the situation like? What was the lighting like? Because we've already discussed that it's if it's late at night and this is happening, like I'm looking at you right now across from me at this table. And you have black soulless dead eyes of a killer. It looks like I'm staring in the eyes of a fucking crocodile. Like you just, you look some ancient dinosaur of death. Yeah. That's what you look like. Who shouldn't be alive now. You know, you look like a troll doll come to life. Your crazy giant green hair. That's up in a spike in your bare butt. My, my completely and your smooth genitalia, my completely nude body and the gemstone inserted into my belly button which is necessary because i never fully healed after my umbilical cord fell off that's what you look like <laughs> so if i saw you late at night standing outside my door yeah you'd look like a black-eyed freak and i wouldn't let you in you freak say get the fuck out of here <laughs> you fucking freak um, um yeah I, I wouldn't let i'm very i don't i would why would you ever let a random child in your house? That's fucking weird. I don't know. Part of me, part of me, uh, as a parent says, I might have some compassion on a child, oh, but I don't, but the, the thing that, you know, a lot of people don't get past some real preliminary questions. You know, people will say, where are your parents? And the kids say, we're lost. We need to come in or we every need kid to nowadays has a cell phone. I don't buy it. Yeah. We need to use your phone. Nope. Um, and there was one story I read where a woman told the kids, give me your mom's phone number and I'll call her for you. I'll go get my phone. You stay here. Give me her phone number. I'll call them. And smart they, parent. and they said, we, we need to come in and use the bathroom. 
So it's like this. Hell no. This dodgy thing. Fucking and, piss on the grass. You know, it's like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, there's, there's a legitimate medical condition. See, I'm hearing these questions and if you're a fucking hardcore skeptic and you're somebody who reads people a little bit more and it, we've done a lot of acting, there's subtext to everything people, what they're asking constantly is you can see the motive. They want to get inside. Right. You have these people who keep pushing a narrative that they need something in a specific way. Um, or, you know, like how people busking out on the street, panhandling or whatever. Um, it's very specific sometimes the way that they, they want change or money. Yeah. Right. Um, there's a reason. And there's a reason why these people want to get into your house. Right. They want to get in your house. Right. Um, well, I'll say this though. There is a legit medical condition called aniridia where it's the absence of the iris. So the pupil. It sounds like a dream theater album. <laughs> absence of the iris. Yeah. <laughs> came out John Petrucci on the phone. <laughs> came out right after live, live at Budokan. Uh, <laughs> So the iris, it like over, or the pupil overtakes the iris. So like okay. the iris is the part that has color. Is that what you have? Yeah. That's why I have, I have just huge pupils. Okay. And in some cases it can, it can almost be, look like it's the entire eye. That's creepy. So some people legitimately could have black eyes. It's their, their pupil fills the whole eye. Right. So. There's that, um, you know, I, I, it makes me wonder how many of these circumstances were, was it like a child with uh, a medical condition that came to the door and just legitimately needed some help or something, uh, or for a completely innocuous purpose. And somebody was just like, get out of here, get out of here. I'm not. You yeah. Know? Yeah. We don't know anything about these people telling the stories because they're so anecdotal. Like we don't know anything about their background. Right. That's true. You know, like I said, things that they, what has happened to them? Because I think that always tells you a little bit, a lot about people. Yeah. Um, and we have a, a links in the thing are going to be to a lot of stories because this is like pretty much how it is with this. Um, you know, there are some stories though of these Becks being more aggressive, like we mentioned. That's spooky. Um, you know, or people have encounters with people who are, with beings that seem Beck-like. But don't act like what Brian Bethel described. Right. You know, where it's like, I, I read a, a story about someone who was at a rest stop in Nevada late at night and he pulled the car over to, to take a nap because he was getting, you know, drowsy driving. Right. And he wakes up and there's three people with a pickup truck and the pickup truck has a spotlight and the spotlight's trained on the car. And one of the guys, asked him to let him into the car and he doesn't do it. And he flashes a pocket knife and the guy gets mad and like screams in rage and then starts rocking the car back and forth from the side, like lifting it off the ground and stuff. Yeah. And then the guy starts driving away and one guy gets, another guy gets off the truck and starts running along beside the car. And the account says that it was up to 50 miles an hour until he like hit the highway. But <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, those circumstances are so, and then the truck didn't tail him or anything. So, 
you know, he's like, well, was it kids just trying to have some fun at my expense? But it's like, I don't know, a kid, just, just any kid running 50 miles an hour is like, I don't know. that Your adrenaline is pumping. Maybe your eyes are playing tricks on you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like what, I mean, he had an experience, okay? Something happened at that at that rest stop when he woke up. But what was it? Allegedly happened. Right. I mean, we'll, we'll treat it as factual because, or as true well, just we'll for the sake of like argument. Genuine account. Yes. Yeah. For the sake of argument. Um, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of these are happening late at night too. That's the thing is like, you're not seeing them during the day where there's other people out and about. Yeah. Or something. Um, tell you what though, Andy, that's why you got to keep holy water in your fridge. <laughs> yeah, my Zia and my Nona, my grandma. Yeah. There's always holy water in the fridge. And have they ever been visited by Bex? Nope. You heard it here first, folks. You got to have, also, that water, very tasty. <laughs> Pretty sure I drank it once or twice. <laughs> you know, as you're a little kid and you want to fucking. Do they have a priest come to the house? <laughs> no, I I think you can get those at like. A church mm, just probably, packets they, of it probably sell them <laughs> it's blessed it's blessed water it's like the water when you enter the catholic and you fucking sprinkle your you fucking do the you do a little cross over your face when you enter the church sure um don't you don't you feel like though that there's weird don't you get kind of like oh like spiritual kind of weird i mean you're a very anti-spiritual guy um i mean earlier i I've I've caught you masturbating to Richard Dawkins books before. Yeah, not his pictures. Yeah, not his pictures. Just the the written words. And you wear your little fedora and you like to say things like checkmate Christians. <laughs> and I've grown out my neck beard That's considerably. Right. That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know what I mean? You're 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 I'm very superstitious and that's probably due to my church upbringing. I'm skeptical of everything. Like you're skeptical of everything. Yeah. But I just, what I'm trying to say is that I get a weird feeling. Like, I feel like there is this weird power to these ancient beliefs, whether that, whether you agree with them or not. But that's probably, I recognize that it's due probably in part to my upbringing and that, you know, brought up in um private private christian schools where they teach you that this stuff is fucking important and if you're bad you're going to get punished by this higher entity <laughs> so do you think that because the belief systems are so long lasting that that lends credence to it maybe like that if it was obviously not real that it would have just fallen apart like well, not not just that. I just like think... Zoroastrianism or something, like <laughs> right. where it's not not common anymore. Um, no, not necessarily that, but I think because if you asked a Zoroastrian, they would yeah, those beliefs are probably palpable. Yeah, very palpable. Um, no, I just I think of it as more of like a honestly more of a fucking like like it's some kind of weird role playing game. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like there's these forces of evil and these forces of good can destroy them. Oh, you think it's like at the end of the day, the fabric of um, creation, the fabric of existence is is fundamentally good or fundamentally evil. And then everything is just on somewhere on that spectrum. Maybe, maybe a little bit. 
I just maybe I just think it, it would be cool to like use holy water as like a grenade and blow a up weapon. a <laughs> blow up an evil black eyed child who's trying to get into my house. Well, what about the uh, idea that they're 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 on the side of religion? That that's weird, man. That they are entities sent to help push people back toward their faith. Yeah, I mean that's kind of creepy, but at the same time, doesn't the Bible and Revelation especially describe angels as like these fucking hideous, monstrous creatures that you can't even look at. Like angels have to take the form of humans when they came down to visit Lot because if you looked upon their real form, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know, I guess, personally a whole lot about what an angel's supposed to look like, but they're definitely- I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> You're my angel. Your angel lives in the centerfold. That's right, folks. I got trapped you're in a magazine. You're my babe. You're my angel. You're my A darling, morning, baby. baby. Just kiss my face before you leave me. Baby. I think we're singing two different songs. Oh. I think I'm singing Sugar Ray. <laughs> I'm singing that other, the other thing that uses the same melody. Oh. Wait, which song were you singing? The one about where? Cause you're my baby, you're my darling angel. Yeah, you give me hope when I'm in. Oh, when yeah. I'm in need. I was singing that angel of the morning song. No, did you ever hear that? Uh, speaking of conspiracy theories, did you ever hear that uh, that theory where that one Sugar Ray song was about? Um, what's that guy's name? The Sugar Ray guy, Mike, Mike. Mark Mark McGrath. Mark McGrath. Thank you. I could get Mark, but not Mike McGrath. McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> you that song about how um, uh, every morning you remember that song. Every, every morning, morning when I wake up in the morning, there's, there's something on my corner bed. Yeah, that uh, there's a theory floating around um, that that's about Mark McGrath getting pegged. Oh, okay. So that's cool. I guess doesn't have anything to do with Bex, but just a, right. an aside there. Well, has he ever confirmed that? Mm, no, only he has that knowledge. He hasn't specifically denied it. <laughs> okay, that's fun. Yeah, good for you. Well, it's like some Third Eye Blind songs are specifically about like um, was it meth or heroin abuse? Mm, One of them. Yeah, I can't remember. And like everybody thinks it's like this fun pop song, but it's actually like, yeah. Um, it's a sad song. Anyway, Bex. Anyway, Bex. Religion. Um, yeah. But so, none of these people seem to be, I mean, I guess you don't really know, but. I think the most interesting aspect of the idea that the Bex are pushing people back toward their faith is this, the person who suggested that, suggested that they only seem to target certain individuals. And that seems to be true. Yeah, like what kind of individuals are we talking here? Yeah, that's the thing is is what we that's what people try to sort through. You know, there's some speculation that it's like the radio frequency that you think in or something like might attract them or there's different things that you can do to bring a back to your place or to wherever you are. But I don't know. Uh, I, th- somebody posted a story about how they live in this big like apartment complex and uh, there's lots of, they live in the middle, like picture it in California where there's like a walkway and there's lots of different apartments, right? you know, and um, 
that two kids came walking through the complex one night and they stopped at this guy's door and knocked and asked to come in to use the phone. And he didn't even open the door. He just, the windows were open and he shouted, you know, through the door that that wasn't going to happen. And they just left, but they didn't go knock on, they didn't knock on the door on either side or, you know, he could have heard them knocking on the door somewhere else, but they didn't. Right. So they came just to his door, but who knows? Yeah. What are the other circumstances? Like you said, well, right. And then maybe it's like, maybe those, maybe it's like, you'd be surprised at how often, like, I think people, when they think of like criminal acts or things like that, like just saying like the first time they get deterred, I feel like I'd wager a bet that they run away. Yeah. Like they're, they're like, okay, well this isn't happening. I, it's one of those things I think where you build up your courage to even get to that point. And then if you get turned away, you kind of lose your metal. Right. Like the moment's passed. You had a you had a brief window. Yeah. Where you were going to do this and that window's closed. The the plan is fucked up. Yeah. So it's time to flee. Like a lot a lot of people don't plan. have the fucking uh, like steel nerves of a like a special forces <laughs> of someone like me or Andy who's on par with most rock special hard forces. and unshakable. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, just Hard as hell and unable to move. <laughs> Completely immobile. <laughs> Literally made of stone. <laughs> Has lots of gout. Yeah. My uh, body is calcified. <laughs> I'm made of calcium. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that I don't know if it would be this specific where it's like they're sending Bex to your house. Yeah. I feel like I a it. lot of people have come to faith moments when they experience um, no pun intended rock bottom or um, and that's not Dwayne the Rock Johnson's ass you fucking perv listeners and it's not also Dwayne the Rock Johnson back when he was the rock on WWE Smackdown with his finishing move the rock bottom it's also not that chain of brewery restaurants people stop writing in and Saying that to us. Stop writing it in general. We're not accepting letters. God. Why do I get so much mail? <laughs> get so much fucking mail. Um, uh, no, when they hit rock bottom, when they hit their lowest point in their life, they are in prison. They lose everything. Mm-hmm. They're addicted to drugs. They are in rehab, you know, they're things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the tenants of AA is. To accept a higher power, right? Right. So. And, you know, I, I have think, a hard time believing that Becks are a part of it. Well, I think sometimes people, to to what we talked about earlier, sometimes you have an experience because you feel like you need an experience. Exactly. Um, there like, used to be It needs show. to be this big, powerful experience. And, yeah. There used to be this show that was on cable about this. Captain thing. Kangaroo. The, yes. Thank you. <laughs> The show, this guy was a, uh, I don't know how to describe him. He was, I don't know, he, he was an interesting character, but he was like a paranormal type of um, consultant almost, I guess, in this show. And what he did basically is he went around to people who were haunted and he helped them get unhaunted. Right. And he he was like a person who, I don't know, was, was a skeptic, but it, he then 
came to accept that he'd been being haunted all these years or whatever. And one on one of these episodes, uh, he told this person that they had too much chaos in their lives, that they had made a lot of bad choices that had led their life to be really chaotic and that they needed to start making some decisions that brought order into their lives. Cause he said that, that in this case, it was talking about ghosts that ghosts feed off of the chaos. So people who get haunted a lot of times bring it on themselves. Right. And it, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to judge the merits of that philosophy right now, but I'm going to say, I think that sometimes we do make a situation for ourselves. If we think that we need a situation like that. Right. So maybe some people feel like they need to have this experience and they have that experience. They're, they're the type of person who, for whatever reason, and I'm not trying to shit on them, but they, they are like, Oh, that's what's wrong with my life. Not mm-hmm. all the shit decisions I make. I'm being haunted by a ghost. Right. And to exercise the ghost, I have to stop making shit decisions. Right. It's like this weird form of pseudotherapy. Right. It's kind of like we're big Nathan For You fans. <laughs> yeah. We're big fans of that show. And there's an episode where he- Ghost realtor? Yeah. I, I don't. I guess I want to say tricks, but I, I don't know what you would describe uh, yeah. Nathan's method. I think the ghost realtor, though, is a good example. A great example. Because a lot of people start these stories off on Reddit or wherever you might read these these Beck encounter stories. Is It's like, I've always had supernatural experiences, but I never believed in this. Right. And I never believed in the supernatural. And it's like, to me, I, that's like kind of like the ghost realtor. You have realtor. to, though. That's like the ghost realtor yeah. where she's like, yeah, I had an experience with a ghost, but I don't really believe <laughs> it. It's like, wait a minute. God you can't say... That's like me saying like, yeah, I drove my car here. I don't believe in cars. Like, yeah. That's not a thing that exists in this world. Uh, you know, if- If if you if accept you be- that it's a <laughs> yeah. ghost encounter, then you believe in You believe in ghosts. In ghosts. You yes. can't say you don't believe in it. Uh, a skeptic or someone like us will never, will say, well, I don't know. I would might say something like, up. somebody told me that that room was haunted, but- I don't believe in ghosts, so I don't accept that that was a ghost. Right. There must be some other explanation for what I experienced. But if you if you believe in ghosts, you would say that happened because of a ghost. Right. Or the thing that happened to me was because of a Beck. Yeah, I think ultimately, I think the ideas of these, I'm easily scared of things like this. I watched right. The Ring when I was 14 and I couldn't sleep for like three days. And then the way that I got out of it was I watched the original Japanese ring and it's a lot cheesier than the modern day one. Mm. Like I think the animations were just badder, badder, worse. Mm, Thank you. And uh, it just kind of made me laugh and that's how I got over it. But uh, Mm. I think in general, like I don't buy into this stuff. I think it just, I buy into the fact that it's like, ooh, it's spooky. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh, it's scary. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a creepy idea. Right. But- I mean, I've certainly never experienced anything close to this. I mean, for for we've been on multiple ghost tours. Yeah, I've never experienced a ghost. I've never felt like they're spooky. (laughs) Sure, some of the stories people tell, but it's the ambiance. Going into a ghost tour is one of those things that I I don't know. It's like 
the stories of when stuff happens, it's always like, oh, I had to come here late at night when I'm not supposed to be here. And that's when this thing happened. It's like, you're, yeah, you came here. And it's like, well, I'm in the middle of the day and there's a bunch of other people here with me. Like, what do I think is going to happen? Like, that ghost has to be a real fucking idiot if it's going to come out (laughs) during the day. That's a dumbass ghost. That's a dumb, stupid ghost move because we'll get you. Because I've always got my, uh, you know, ghost catching gun with me. You've got a lot of ectoplasm on you at all times. Yeah, always. To lure ghosts. Yeah, I'm I'm dripping all the time, slimy with ectoplasm <laughs> to attract ghosts. <laughs> and I've never had an experience. Andy, I liken Andy to a uh, living cave moss. <laughs> I'm anthropomorphic cave moss. <laughs> I'm a model. I'm cave moss. Oh, God. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I think we've kind of come full circle on this. Um, I see them, though. I don't know. I, I see them as agents of evil. Why do they want to get in your house so bad? Hmm. They want to take something from you. They want to strike fear in you. They're agents of evil. Here's what Brian Bethel said, Art. He said that he said that his opinion is that we have something that that they don't possess and they desperately yeah. want it. In style clothing. Right. They probably just want to raid your wardrobe. But uh, he, thinks, he thinks it's the soul. Brian Bethel thinks it's the soul. Mm. So he thinks that these are soulless creatures that either want to hurt your soul or take your soul or consume your soul. Wow. If we combine this with the simulation theory, that's that's a fun you're getting into a fun Matrix-like universe there. Right. Where we are these simulated consciousnesses. And what are these? Are these bugs in the code trying to steal your your consciousness so that they can become real? Yeah. And they can infect the real world outside of the simulation? Yeah. That's a that's a fun idea. I See, I like that. Like, I like feeding into the – I like just – entertaining the ideas more than I think I actually ever would fucking believe in them. Okay. Yeah. They're fun to entertain. You like to talk about it. Yeah. But you don't actually like want to base any belief systems on it. No. Yeah. So what's your verdict art? Let's, let's, let's get into the verdicts. Shall we? Uh, I mean, I can't deny that these people had some weird experience that led them to feel the need to post this on the internet somewhere. At the same time, I don't know enough information about these people. What are their motives? People always have ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what do, I don't know anything about these people's history, who they are, their mental state, where they were in their life at the time of encountering this. Because that says a lot. It really does. Um, so I'm going to have to give it a plausible smidge. Out of 10, a wow. smidge. A, like, I'm for listeners, I'm making a. I have my his, two fingers together. His finger and his thumb are barely separated. They're not separated at all. They're touching. Oh, like in so a world smile. It's smallest like a violin. Like a micron. Yes. Of, of smidge. Uh, over, pl- like, over splodge. Like, what you would, like, a pinch of salt. Right. Of table salt, even. Table salt. Very fine salt. Not, not sea even, salt. Not even sea salt. Not kosher, kosher salt. Uh, smidge. Possible smidge. Just because, you know, I mean, I guess I don't have any proof, but um, we don't have proof for any of the things that we discussed. So you're plausible. Kind of you're plausible smidge on them existing. And then. You- or that these people, I guess, experience something, but 
And if you assume that they- I'm real close to case closed, Andy. Oh. <laughs> I'm real close. <laughs> wow. But you're- if, if There's they, so many different tricks of the light. If they do exist, though, you think 100% case closed. I think they're, they're not benevolent. Of, I think evil. they're agents of evil, yes. All right. And they're going to get holy water to the face. They show up at your place. Hell yeah. Hmm. Okay. Andy, what about you? Well, let me let me say first, uh, let's assume that Bex exists. Okay. I I'm torn on their their motive, good versus evil. Okay. You're Natalie and Bruglia. <laughs> yeah. Uh they there are plenty of stories of bad things happening, but I don't think the preponderance of stories is about them wanting in and then they don't get in and then they leave. Right. So it's difficult for me to tell what they want. I I can't rely on people's terror telling me something innate about someone else. Um, Cause I've been scared a lot of times of things I shouldn't have been scared of. Oh yeah. Like every day I Balloons. sit down on the toilet, there's no snakes coming out of there, but it's worth checking. That's right. Um, so, so I'm like I'm scared of toilet seats. So I'm, I guess, on my scale, that they're dirty. Mm. I'm not ashamed to admit I'm a toilet paper coverer. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Public toilets are gross, dude. Yeah, I'm not sitting in that shit. You don't know who's people shit on the toilet seat. You don't know whose hindquarters have been. Yeah, people don't wash their cozied butts. up to that. Anyway, sorry. So I guess I'm like. Luke, I'm like, I'm like, uh, tepid on a scale of one to 10 about, um, good versus evil. Um, I'm neither plausible nor not plausible. Just on the basis of whether they're good or evil. Yeah. On the devil to angel scale, I am. You're right in the middle. A human being. I'm completely corruptible either way. Wow. Um, as for existence, I got to give it a plausible minus. Wow. On a scale of 10. That's higher than me. No, plausible minus. I'm plausible smidge. <laughs> Wait. Plausible minus is higher than plausible smidge. <laughs> no, For I thought, sure. I thought this was plausible plus a little. A smidge is a little. I'm saying less than plausible. Uh, okay, what I meant to say was what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> so we're both plausible smidge. Going forward, we recognize that plausible smidge I think is- we, I think- is Are only I... a smidge plausible. <laughs> I think in our mind's eye, we imagine the scale is different. Yeah. I think you have plausibility right in Plausible's the middle. in the middle. Yeah. And me, I was thinking of like a bar. Oh, okay. So like- I get it. The amount of plausibility is like a oh, smidge. Oh, I see. Okay. You just had a, a tiny sliver of plausibility. But for all the past episodes, I've I've used your scale. Okay. Go, okay. So this was a- this is a special Beck-only scale on plausibility. <laughs> but we have essentially the All same right, feeling. So the verdicts, yeah, we've came, come down the same. Plausible smidge yes. on the bar scale. A negative Specific smidge. for this episode. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe it'll come back. What do you mean? Maybe this scale will oh, make a re- another scale. reappearance. Okay. Yeah. Some, some night, late at night, when we're home alone. Spooky. We'll hear a knock at the door and there it will be. That scale. <laughs> that histogram. <laughs> That bar chart. <laughs> it's a bell curve. Oh, hey, uh, you got any mail in there for me? <laughs> yeah, what's your name? Bar chart. <laughs> Who is that? Bar chart. Is that me? No. It's just bar, chart? bar chart? Bar <laughs> chart. Just some guy. Bar chart. 
Oh God. Um, well, that was it, Andy. That was our discussion of of black eyed kids. And you think Art, you'd let them in? Do you? Would you honestly let them in? You know, Art. If uh, I heard a knock at my door late at night, and I went, and there were two kids there, and I got a feeling ooh, ooh, ooh. of terror, I'd be like, "Let's get it started." What are you gonna? What time gonna to do throw, with those time to kids. throw down? Oh, and I'll punt them into another county. <laughs> they don't know who they're messing with. Man, I would love. I would fucking pay money to write a pilot with you that involves Andy Hart fucking demon hunter. It's just you like fucking sprinting around. Oh, oh, oh God. Hold on. I can hear my breath. That's a oh, that's a fast demon. Um punting no, black they, kids. No, if they came to the door, Art uh what would I do? I would like creep up to the peephole as slowly as possible. Dear God, I hope they don't come to the back door where there's no peephole because I would not want to open that door. Um, but if I saw two kids, I would probably be like, I would probably open it at first and just see what they needed. But I don't know. Two ki- it's because it, it's kids. Right. But who knows what would happen from there? I, I wouldn't let them in probably, even if it was nice kids. That's just not, I don't, that feels that's, weird to me. That's city smarts, man. That feels weird to me. Yeah. Unless I recognize them as neighborhood kids. Yeah. They're not getting inside my house. Even then, I would be like, I don't know. I feel weird about letting another child into my house. Unless it's like... Well, they're not going to run around your house. You're going to keep them in the foyer. Well, I mean, still, Under the chandelier. Still, I live, in a, <laughs> I live in a building, so there's no reason for them to even come inside. Like, outside of my front door is inside still. That's true. So it's not like, oh, I come in and get out of the rain. Like, you're already out of the rain. Yeah, I think nowadays, though, it's like people have cell phones and shit, and it's kind of like, well, I feel like you're reading a lot of these stories. They take place in the 90s when walking up to someone's house and asking to use their phone was probably a lot more normal. Yeah, like Brian Bethel's story is normal. I mean, a kid walks up to you while you're outside of a movie theater and is like, hey, can you give me a ride home so that I can get money from my mom to go see a movie? It's like... I don't know. That seems like a reasonable 90s request. Very 90s. But if somebody did that today, you might be like, huh. Yeah. Would you, do you give your cell phone to the fucking weirdo on the train platform who asks for your cell phone? Hell no. I did it once on the bus. Oh, Andy. And it was a huge mistake. The guy was like talking so loud into the phone and the bus driver yelled back at him that he needed to be quiet. And he like yelled back at her that she needed to shut up. And that he was going to call the police. And I was like, oh, okay, I need my phone back. <laughs> nope. Yeah. I learned my lesson. Yeah. Now you have an OtterBox. Yeah. I can't even get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used the phone in weeks. <laughs> um. Well, Andy, that was... Uh, any final thoughts here on the Black Eyed Children? Um. Cool metal band name. Yeah. Kind of. Mm, yeah. It's like a um, kid's metal band. You know... I'll just say to the listeners, you know, children's metal band, they do metal covers of children's nursery rhymes. Um, listeners, if you're out there, if you've had a experience with a black eyed kid or a black eyed child or a Beck and it's something you're willing to share, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, email us your experience 
mrbunkerpod at gmail.com or uh, tweet us if it's a short story or you just feel like doing a lot of tweets. Tweet at us uh, at mrbunkerpod. Uh, use the hashtag mybeckstory. Use the hashtag mybeckstory. Well, listeners, uh, for the titular Mr. Bunker and my voluptuous host, Andy Hart. I like that you didn't say voluptuous. You said voluptuous. It was on purpose. My lovely lady lumps. I mean, male lumps. It's got quite a bunch of junk in that trunk. Yeah. Um, what am I going to do with all this junk, <laughs> all this junk inside my trunk? Well, Andy, I think you're going to... That was a Fergie solo. Get you drunk. Wasn't it? Yeah, she had the, she yeah. the solo part in there. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that's uh, we're taking it way back, listeners. That uh, reference was pretty 2000 and late. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to get stupid in here. Yeah. Originally, that line was something else, but I'm yeah, not going to repeat gonna it. Yeah, I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> that's why I said, let's get it started earlier. Oh, that's right. Um, anyway, for the titular Mr. Bunker, and for my voluptuous co-host, Andy Hart, I'm Arthur Stone saying, that was the whole enchilada. Yummy. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? Or just a horrible accident. That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.